Today is the 266th day of the year, which is not what you get when you multiply 9 times 23. This show is the result of what happens when you multiply many, many meetings through the lens of a longtime observer, packaged in this 251st edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, put together by me, Sean Tubbs, on my 17,577th day. On today's show, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors gets an update on Habitat's redevelopment of Southwood. The Blue Ridge Health District holds a town hall on the continuing pandemic, and several new historic markers are on the docket today at the Virginia Department of Historic Resources. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, fall is just around the corner, but the summer heat is sticking around a bit longer. Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. So, if you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. All of Virginia's 132 school divisions are now open in person, according to a press release from Governor Ralph Northam. First Lady Pamela Northam just concluded a statewide tour of schools, and the release includes a link to COVID-19 safety resources for parents and students. Most school systems continue to list the number of COVID cases, including Amherst County, which was closed for part of September due to a high positivity rate. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reports another 3,767 new cases and 54 new fatalities. The percent positivity has decreased to 9.7%. There are another 128 new cases reported in the Blue Ridge Health District and an additional COVID death. Last night, the Blue Ridge Health District held a town hall to talk about continuing resources in the days of Delta. Here's Ryan McKay, Director of Policy and Planning for the district. As we all know, it's much more transmissible um, than previous variants and what we've experienced with COVID. It also sort of coincided with the um, expiration of a lot of the mandates that had been in place, masks, distancing, limiting numbers and social gatherings. And so we have this combination McKay said health officials meet with schools each week to minimize risk as much as possible. That involves case investigations to understand how further transmissions may have occurred. McKay said this is also the time of year when there are other ailments that are very similar to COVID. And as we enter flu season, we enter um, what traditionally is more um, disease spreading within um, congregate settings or within schools. It's going to make that a little bit more difficult. And so the reason that we're asking schools and pediatricians to really work with families on really identifying what is causing the illness is critical because that minimizes the risk of spread um, and it makes sure that we can keep children uh, where they need to be, which is in classrooms and schools. That means that children with any symptoms should stay home until COVID is ruled out. If the diagnosis is positive or if there is none, 14 days of quarantine with no school activity or interaction with anyone is recommended. 
The Blue Ridge Health District is currently offering third-dose boosters to those who qualify. Here's Dr. Denise Bonds, director of the Blue Ridge Health District. Third doses for people who are immunocompromised began on August 13th. Uh, And as I was saying, you don't have to bring any proof. Um, You can self-declare. And the best person to speak to if you are, um, if you believe you're immunocompromised is your uh, primary care physician who can help you make that determination if you need that third dose. Around the same time as the town hall, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized booster doses of the Pfizer vaccine for anyone over the age of 65, as well as those at high risk of severe COVID. There is not yet a recommendation for those who got the Johnson & Johnson shot. Guidance is still being weighed on other issues as well. More as we continue. Several proposed historic markers in the area are being considered today by the board of the Virginia Department of Historic Resources at their meeting at Montpelier. One would recognize a 1950 court case that forced the University of Virginia to admit a black man who had been denied a space because of his skin color. In 1950, a three-judge panel heard the Swanson versus the University of Virginia case in the former federal court building on Market Street that now houses the central branch of the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library. That's where the marker will stand. Another is at Jackson Burley High School on Rose Hill Drive. The building opened in 1951 to unify several black high schools across the area, including Albemarle County. Here's a passage from that marker. The 26-classroom building reflected an effort to provide separate but equal facilities in an era when lawsuits frequently challenged poor conditions in black schools. The 1956 football team was undefeated and unscored on. Jackson P. Burley High School was nominated for the National Register of Historic Places last year. The DHR board will also consider a marker for Dr. W. W. Yen, the first international student to graduate from the University of Virginia. The Chinese national graduated in 1900 and went on to a career as a diplomat. His nomination is part of a contest held as part of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. You can read the full nominations in a link in the newsletter. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's time now for two quick Patreon shoutouts. One person wants you to know, we keep each other safe, get vaccinated, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. And in another one, one brand new Patreon supporter wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist, whether it be The Daily Progress, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, Charlottesville Tomorrow, or CBS 19. The community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. This summer, Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville has been updating various committees in Albemarle on their efforts to redevelop the Southwood Mobile Home Park as a mixed-use community. The Board of Supervisors approved the first phase of a rezoning in August of 2019, and they got an update at their meeting on September 15th. There are a lot of details, and if you want all of them, I recommend watching the full presentation in a link in the newsletter. 
But here is a summary beginning with planner Megan DeDustop with the basic info. So Habitat acquired the property in 2007, 1,500 residents um, live there and 341 mobile homes. Supervisors adopted a resolution to work with Habitat on redevelopment in 2016 and an action plan in 2018 that included financial contributions from the county. Along with that approval, we appropriated $675,000 for Southwood to assist with the rezoning application. In 2019, the performance agreement was approved, $1.5 million for construction of 75 affordable units, $300,000 for 80 or more low-income housing tax credit, LIHTC, and $1.4 million over 10 years in tax rebates. The rezoning approved a total of 458 housing units on undeveloped land along Old Lynchburg Road. Site plans are coming in for each of the 12 blocks in this stage of the development. Piedmont Housing Alliance is building the low-income housing tax credit unions, and they aim to exceed the total by constructing 121 apartments in three buildings. Narastup said Habitat has met one milestone of the performance agreement and has received $100,000 for planning work. Another $300,000 payment for securing the LIHTC credits is being processed. Milestone 1C included $200,000 um, when Habitat demonstrated secured funding for 57 affordable units, and that one is in process. Other milestones are also in the process of being met. Outside of the performance agreement, Albemarle County also partnered with Habitat on a $1 million community development block grant. In his presentation, Habitat CEO Dan Rosenzweig showed a fly-through video of what the development will look like when it comes together. The idea has been to build a new community along new roadways. Uh, we work very closely with Atlantic Builders to design a new product typology so that this streetscape created a really great walk from deeper into the neighborhood toward the neighborhood downtown. So what you're looking at are townhomes that are two stories in the front, uh, and then they take advantage of the grade to be three stories behind. So what it appears, so it's townhomes at a really human scale. Rosenzweig reminded the board that the Planning Commission had had concerns about whether there would be enough affordable units in the first phase. There was concern among planning commissioners about uh, the ultimate amount of affordable housing uh, in phase one and whether that would be enough housing to, um, to take care of the residents who exist at, Sun at Southwood now as we move phase by phase, but also uh, to create new affordable housing in the region. And I think we've done a pretty good job of the 335 total units in phase one, 207 of them are affordable. The Habitat's going to build 86 of them. Uh, that's going to be almost exclusively home ownership, but there are some residents at Southwood who um, uh, who will not want LIHTC uh, or who will not and who will not want to purchase a home. So we've committed to making some deeply affordable rentals available interspersed in the neighborhood as well. Rosenzweig said he estimated 100 families will be rehoused as part of the first phase. Unfortunately, some families have had to be moved on a temporary basis due to poor environmental conditions that Rosenzweig said Habitat inherited from the previous owner. Instead of one or two mobile home parks hooked up to a, a septic tank, there were 10. And so those leach fail fields um, are extending into the areas of construction. So out of, out of an abundance of caution and safety for residents, we're actually in the process of moving the first 25 families 
from the area immediately adjacent to the construction site to the other side of the mobile home park in uh, in trailers um, where there is sewer where that's served by sewer. There are about 50 more families that will need to be rehoused due to the next phase of construction. Rosenzweig said a rehousing task force has been formed to identify solutions. There are also other environmental issues. There's also a remediation task force that has formed um, to deal with um, with some of the things that were a little bit hard to, to predict. So, for example, uh, the 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 mobile home park has been on uh, electric for for many many years but originally there was a, an oil tank installed underneath every trailer as we started removing them we expected maybe one in every 10 to leak if they were um, um, a decent material to start with um, they wouldn't leak uh, but all 10 of the first ones that we dug up leaked which suggested us that all 347 are going to need to be removed Rosenzweig said Habitat has worked with Albemarle and the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality to remove the damaged sections of soil where it has been encountered. So it's kind of like cutting out a tumor. You remove the bad, you remove the bad stuff and also dirt around it, stockpile it and remove it. And so the, the site is pristine now, but uh, it has cost us a lot more than we expected. Rosenzweig said the Board of Supervisors can expect to see the next phase of the rezoning soon. Habitat will ask to extend the rules for the existing zoning and its code of development across the whole park. More like a zoning um, uh, amendment than a, uh, than a rezoning. The goal is to submit that application by mid-October. Supervisor Liz Palmer has been on the board since 2014, and she wanted to make sure all of the steps of the performance agreement are being tracked. I'm, I'm wondering going forward on future um, you know, on, on future projects, how we compare uh, what we're getting for the amount of money that we're putting in, because these numbers are kind of hard to keep track of over time. Stacy Pepia, the county's housing coordinator, said it is too early to be able to break down a cost per unit, but that will be available as the projects go through the many variables involved in a construction project. The costs, as we've learned over the past year, can significantly change uh, and have a significant impact on, on, the, on, on the project. Rosenzweig had an exact figure for the roughly $4 million in Albemarle's investment. That works out to about $19,000 a unit. Um, uh, the cost for each of our homes, on average, is probably looking, because of COVID price spikes, in the mid-twos. And so um, your, your funding represents a little less than 10% of, of each of the units. More on Habitat and Southwood as things continue to develop. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for Thursday, September 23rd, which uh, actually adds up. Nine times 23 is 207. Thank you so much for listening. The audience is definitely growing. And thank you so much. This community experiment is something that I'm hoping will be able to continue well into the future. Uh, and that's obviously thanks to you guys. 
there's plenty of time to help cover the cost of this program, and several of you have done so this week. And anybody who's doing it, the $5 level to Substack, or the $50 a level to uh, $50 a year to Substack, or $200 to Substack, gets matched by the company Ting. Thank you, Ting. You guys are really helping me out as I continue this, uh, making this a true community effort. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of the program. I'll be back in the near future. I uh, am not sure when the next one will come out. It could be the week ahead. There could be one tomorrow. I just don't know. There certainly is plenty to filter through uh, in this very complex community that we all seem to have found ourselves in. Um, the goal of this program is to hopefully uh, provide some perspectives on what's happening, not for me, but from other people. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I wonder what happens when you multiply nine times 24. We'll see perhaps tomorrow. If not, stay safe in the meantime. Thanks again. Thanks again.